And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Uh, I feel like the last couple weeks, Matt, I've had fun, interesting little openings to these and just the, <laughs> the, the well has run dry. I got, I got nothing. You got nothing? I got nothing. Although as I look at myself on screen there, is my, is my beard slightly off? Is it quite, uh, not quite <laughs> symmetrical anymore? It doesn't look symmetrical to me, at least. Well, shit. <laughs> well, show's canceled, everyone. I gotta go fix this. <laughs> this is the worst part about seeing yourself on camera as much as we do for work. It's just every little imperfection in yourself. Yeah. It's just It just gets amplified a hundred times, and you're like, God damn it. <laughs> I think more than anything, that's what made me want to try and lose some weight and try and, you know, start to get healthy. Because, you know, when you've been recording videos of yourself for as long as we have, you're either going to see yourself shrink or or expand so which one do you want yeah yeah if we're at this longer i'm going to start seeing myself turn gray too that'll be fun i'm not ready for that <laughs> already turning gray so i've already seen it <laughs> oh, oh no no it's, it's okay matt we'll be distinguished like liam neeson <laughs> and on that note everyone yes this is indeed a comic book podcast i promise although sometimes it doesn't feel like it <laughs> No, sometimes it doesn't. No, we were talking about Mountain Dew Amped before this. Yes, and how people that drink it somehow are still alive. Because that's where Matt and I are at conversationally. Hey, man, you hear about that Mountain Dew Amp? <laughs> it killed a guy. It killed a guy. Or or energized, as Matt is call, uh, telling me it's called in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I don't drink it because it just tastes horrible. <laughs> I do love the different. I can feel the insides. My insides like slow. It's like it's basically, and it's is well. It's the same color as the xenomorph blood. I can feel yes. my insides like slowly dissolving. It sure is, but man, if I ever needed to stay up for forty-eight hours, <laughs> except no substitute. But uh, yes, believe it or not, everyone, this is a comic book podcast, and we do have a smattering of comic book news this week. It was a light news week, and it was a light book week, all things considered, which I can't complain, because I might actually get to the bottom of my review pile in the next couple days. Yeah, it was a fifth week in a month, which doesn't happen often, so we get, like, fewer comics, which means we can spend that time catching up, and I did that, just that. And thank God for that, really. In fact, I'm even working on a written piece uh, for Doom Patrol, now that that show's all finally done, I want to try and have mm. that up in the next little bit, because Doom Patrol was great. It ended super satisfyingly. It was really awesome. More more superhero shows need more Cypress Hill, is all I'm going to say. More superhero shows need rats and cockroaches making out. <laughs> yep, love that. I'm like, wow, the show went here. You you didn't think we could top everyone having an orgasm from last week. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> Seriously, if I was to give my elevator review for Doom Patrol, it's like, look, how many other shows has Timothy Dalton having sex with a cave woman, a living street <laughs> orgasming, and a rat and cockroach making out? The answer is only this one. Every other show needs to up its game. <laughs> Your move, everyone else. Your move. <laughs> and Swamp Thing comes out at, like, the end of the month, doesn't it? Yeah, in a couple of days, or probably when we're reviewing this the next day, I think, maybe? Yeah, it'll day probably after. be by then, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's going to Thursday, which I guess is pretty smart, where it's like, hey, Doom Patrol just ended, but don't worry, please, please don't unsign up for the DC Universe app. We promise we have another show. <laughs> they they stagger them correctly, but at the same time, it's only ever one thing out at a time, which 
is is I wouldn't pay for that. That's that's the real thing to chap your nuts, isn't it? It's the like, hey, here's a great show. Cool, can I watch it all in one sitting? As is the format for all television now, post Netflix. No, we want you to pay and watch it episodically. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Is is the show done though? Or are you just sitting on it, and this is just how you're choosing to stagger it out? We'll never tell. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels like that. Well, well, with the Swamp Thing, they they cut the episodes down, didn't they? They did. They did. They were supposed to have more, which means they actually rushed it out. Yeah. Which that's unfortunate. I mean, look, Doom Patrol is great. And you could tell money was spent on that show. Oh, yeah. Good money in good places. Definitely. And Swamp Thing, from what we've seen of it, looks like they spent some money on that show. It looks amazing. The only thing that has me worried is the guy playing Alec Holland is, like, straighter than a board. Like... (laughs) Like, like the guy playing Anakin Skywalker in the prequels is a better, sounds like a better actor than him. He's so like, like bored straight. It's oh, it's, it's pretty shocking. D- don't worry, if the Swamp Thing comics are anything to go by, you'll only have to deal with Alec Holland for maybe the first episode before he catches <laughs> fire, jumps into the swamp, and then is never seen or heard from again. <laughs> And then is what? Who's the guy playing the guy in the suit? Is it Kane Hodder or uh, Derek Mears? But yes, you were. Me, that's you, it. Yeah, you were in the right neighborhood. Which man? Good for Derek Mears. I'm happy to see that dude get yeah. work. He is super underrated as a performer. I, I forget he he was Jason in most of the Jason movies. Yeah, from I want to say like number four or something. Yeah, onward. Gets does not get enough credit for his physical acting, and you know is just just a l- literal giant. Yeah, yeah. L- legitimate eight foot tall. I still think my favorite bit from Flash last season was him and Sugar Lynn Beard, who is an actress who's like four foot nothing, and he's like eight foot tall, and just a gag of them just walking next to each other and how hilariously mismatched they look. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good bit, but uh, yeah, we're not here to talk about any of that, actually. The first big news stories we have to talk about this. This was huge for 24 hours, and there was many, many think pieces and many videos, actually, from people I really like and respect talking about this one to jump on it, only to discover it wasn't nearly as big a story as we thought it was, and that is Tom King, after much rumor and much, you know, uh, what is it, you know, broken telephone talk, it was announced there that, oh, could could he possibly be leaving Batman early? Could, you know, he be leaving it a year early as of issue 85? And the answer turned out to be, yes, yes, he is. He is leaving 15 issues short of his much-proposed 100 issues. Maybe 105 issues, because they were talking about maybe even giving him five more to make up for the five he didn't write. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, he's... The, I have a feeling this story was meant to be broke at because they because they announced that 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 the Batman Catwoman book he's going to be writing instead next day like like way in advance like eight months in advance and that never happens yeah um so my guess is that was actually meant to happen at like San Diego Comic Con or mm. New York Comic Con or something yeah um so. Yeah, that was a bit of damage control there to announce that. <laughs> it, it was a very weird rollout of events, and I know it got many yeah. people talking. Uh, obviously, uh, our friend and frequent collaborator, Sal from the channel Comic Pop, he had a whole video 
uh, talking about this and also talking about in like the greater scheme of things where it's like, you know, what what does the comic industry owe you? You know, you as a creator might say you're going to write 100 issues, but if you can't keep up an audience for 100 issues and if, you know, the company that gives you the right to write about these characters isn't, you know, getting the financial returns that they want then obviously it's within their right to yank you off it. And is it n not perhaps a little pretentious and a little self-indulgent in this age of comics when so many comics don't reach 100 issues to say, I will be the one to reach 100 issues, then only to have it yanked away from me at the last second? To then have... That, oh yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, that's what I always found really c kind of upsetting about, like whenever Tom King spoke, because he always said, I'm going to write 100 issues. I'm going to be the Batman writer who wrote 100 issues. And it's like, maybe don't, you know, count your chickens before they've hatched. You yeah. know, you never know in the comic industry what's going to happen. It's a little presumptuous, especially, again, when you look at DC. No one else got to write 100 issues. The only guy who's even close right now is Joshua Williamson on Flash, and they could take that away from him any day if they felt so interested. I think the only reason that they've let him go so long is that, you know, he's keeping Flash fans happy enough, and Flash isn't a tentpole like Batman is. They're not looking for Batman to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th th that's, like, another thing, like, like, people kept, like, citing that, like, oh, Batman's always in always selling well, always selling well. It's like, well, that's not the noteworthy thing. The noteworthy thing in that was that Hulk outsold it yeah. at one point. And that, this is Hulk. Like, Hulk is a big character, but he's not someone who's had many solo series that garnered enough no. praise to sell outsell fucking Batman. No, you wouldn't even call him the Marvel Trinity. Like, it's one thing if it no. was a Spider-Man or an X-Man or a Captain America yeah. or something, but no, it was the Hulk. I, I used a sports metaphor, which I do not uh, use often because I am not a sports ball person, but I said that Batman is the New York Yankees of comic book characters. He's never supposed to lose because they spend too much money on him to make sure he doesn't lose is the thing <laughs> yeah. and he lost <laughs> and when he loses that's a pretty big deal and that you know hurts the pride of the company i'm sure that was an issue for them in getting him to stop early i'm sure uh what is it the reaction to heroes in crisis the very negative reaction to heroes mm -hmm. in crisis was a contributing factor to this and also perhaps the biggest piece of news that i felt got lost in the shuffle is that you know like a couple days even before this news came out tom king was on social media being like oh yeah i'm pitching i'm pitching the the, the last leg of my story and you know it's so big and so life-changing it's gonna alter batman forever oh i had to go to the shareholders and the head of the company and the heads of at&t because what i was gonna do was gonna be so huge and so yeah. amazing and again, I wasn't in the room. I can only assume, though, that meeting went poorly. That, that that's what I was going to say. Like, because he had to had to pitch this big thing that would apparently change Batman's origins or add something to it that was like a permanent, yeah, like faucet of it now. But like, yeah, I have a feeling that like he like he pitched it to the guys at DC, and they were like, "Cool, but you've got to, like something like that. You've got to take it up higher." But he took it up higher, and they're like, "No, no," because. Because I, I think they view, like, AT&T and Warner Bros. view, like, the film and movie stuff as the, the primary yeah. market for Batman. And you change something in his origin, then you're going to alienate some stuff from the movies and, like, people who don't read comics and only see these films and stuff like yeah. that. So, yeah, I could see it not going over very well. 
I'm just even trying to think to myself, what what could he possibly have pitched that could have mm. done this if that's the case, where it's like, I'm going to have Batman burn the American flag. What? I, I, I had, like, all these... I was talking with people and we were, like, saying, like, oh, could it be, like... Like, I don't think him marrying would have been such a big thing. Like, that that's not really, like, a, a big thing for a character to marry. They can easily be unmarried in a later you story. You played that card. I could see something like his parents coming back. We've already got one of them come back. You know, take that force that made him Batman and right, right. Kind, kind of remove it. Which which arguably Spider-Man did it first, but they turned out to be robots, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, again, like my, my mind just goes wild where it's like, what could he possibly have pitched? Batman, agent of ISIS. What? <laughs> what frank miller's writing what <laughs> <laughs> what you, you know frank pitched that uh, already once and we said no <laughs> or something like uh so after his uh his wedding falls apart uh batman decides he likes dudes now what about that no tom no <laughs> someone stop yeah. him it could range from all sorts of things he could he could have killed a robin or something he could done all sorts of stuff like, again, you know, because you figure all these companies, they basically go ahead with anything anyway. So I would have loved to have been a fly yeah. on the wall to hear what that pitch was. And, and at the end of the day, maybe it didn't matter because it seems to be they're like, look, we want to course correct Batman. In fact, when you listen to the press release, they did. Uh, Bob Harris, who, you know, Bob Harris, they only ever really come out for important money man matters like this anyway. He basically said... Look, the book wasn't making the money we wanted it to. It's important that this book make the money that it has to because it pays for other stuff. So, yeah, we're going to get another writer in here. But also, we don't want to offend the King writer or the King fans and also probably King himself. We want to keep him sweet. So it was also announced, hey, he's going to be writing a Batman Catwoman 12-issue maxi series, which I'm going to assume is just going to be the end of his series and how it was going to end anyway. Yeah, he had to come out and say that, like, it's going to be canon until it isn't. And I'm like, oh, until the next writer picks up. Um, <laughs> or, like, the next writer after that writer. You know, people just forget about it. There was also a thing that King himself said uh, when he was talking about the Batman Catwoman series. He's like, you know, I want it, you know, I want it to be all these things. I want it to be romantic. You know, I want it to, you know, speak to the human condition. Uh, I want it to be, you know, approachable for new readers. And I'm like, you liar! You want it to be approachable <laughs> to new readers? This is the end of your hundred issue run. How dare you? Need to you? read seventy plus issues to understand what's going on here. Oh. Probably like four issues of that 70 plus run, but yeah, still. <laughs> How dare you say you want it to be approachable for new readers? You are just lying now. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're getting uh, we're getting a new Batman writer sooner than expected. It'll still be about a year, give or take, but sooner than expected. And end of this year, I believe. End of this we're on issue 73 of Batman at the moment. Yes. 73, 72, 73. Right, 75 kicks off City of Bane or whatever, and then that'll take us. Yeah. This is also another thing. People on Twitter and Facebook and all that are saying, oh, they're rushing the ending. I'm like, motherfucker, you have 75-plus issues of backstory, or not really backstory, like built to build up this arc. That's that's quite a lot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's your story. That's nothing. If, if, that's your story. If you wanted to do more... You should have done it sooner if you couldn't tell your story in 75-plus issues or 85-plus issues. Shouldn't have done so many goddamn uh, filler arcs. arcs. Like, 
nightmare and all that'd be that'd be what what probably broke the camel's back where he had like a six-part story where nothing fucking happened you want to know how bad that is the savage dragon from eric larson i posted this uh picture on twitter was making fun of that arc savage dragon was dunking on batman Oh, they didn't call him Savage Dragon for nothing. Oh, he's very savage. He's he's sipping tea, Dragon now. But that's not, <laughs> but that's not a much Savage Dragon's business. <laughs> do, do I, I'm gonna be interested. I'm gonna be interested to find out in the wake of this news because we've got obviously this week uh, the Last Heroes in Crisis coming out. Yes. Um, I'm wondering like how that's gonna affect the sales of it. Yeah, to where it's like, hey, you know, uh, this this guy's kind of getting raked across the coals right now. Seeming they're trying to make it look like, no, 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 it was nothing that he did wrong. We just he just was writing an unprofitable book, but it's nothing he did wrong though. It's the dumb fans <laughs> who didn't get it. Why didn't you buy two copies of this book if you wanted to see him finish it? <laughs> I, you know, who I feel bad for, and I'm sure we'll all agree on this. Whoever has to come on next, because you're in the most... Oh, God. You're in an unwinnable position. A, you gotta clean up the mess left in your wake that may be Rush, maybe not, who knows. The King fans will probably be mad at you, the King loyalists, because they didn't get the end of their story, so they're not gonna be happy. And now you have to plot a new course and, you know, try and try and bring everyone together and just... that's, That's a tall order. It's a tougher. I would just like, if I was writing, I would just like bite the bullet and be like, okay, goddamn, Bat- none of this stuff happened in that first issue where Batman tried to stop that airliner from crashing yeah. into Gotham. He got knocked out and was in a coma for like months. And in that coma, he dreamt up all this stuff uh, right. only to wake up. <laughs> or again, they're just going to start the new issue, which again, honestly. I don't even think they should keep going. They're probably going to keep going because there was also some news in there about how the book is going from twice monthly to going back to monthly again. In fact, most of their big titles are going monthly again. Yeah. And they say the reason yeah. for that is is that they eventually want everything to get to 100 issues before, assumedly, they start over again at number one, which maybe it's a new crisis, maybe it's a new event, but the strong feeling is after 100, we're going to go back to ones again. Just funny because we're coming to the end of Doomsday Clock, saying that was probably meant to be their their next crisis, but they're like, ah, oh, we kind of botched that idea. Oops, our bad. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel bad for the person who's got to come in here. You know who my pitch is? I'm sure we'll all have pitches and we'll talk about this. Uh, I don't think he's in an exclusivity contract. I know he's writing at least one book for DC right now. Jeff Lemire. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know why? Because Jeff Lemire did basically the same sort of miracle for Green Arrow, where Green Arrow had gone through in the New 52, several go-nowhere writers, the book was in absolute shambles, and they're like, all right, Jeff, what are you going to do here? What's your art? Okay, I'm going to completely reinvent Green Arrow's history, add a whole bunch of lore that's never been there, and I'm going to literally blow up everything that the last couple writers did. Like, issue one, all right, all these new characters, dead, all these status quos, destroyed. We're going back to zero. That that would be refreshing. I'd like to see that. I'd maybe like to see maybe uh, Peter Tomasi take over both this and Detective. I wouldn't want to tell two different, him. very very different stories. Yeah, well, he's only writing what those two books, and like Super Sons is coming to an end in the next two issues. That's next true. issue, I think. So yeah. You know, he could do it to be like, all right, Batman is the solo Batman book, but Detective Comics is the spiritual successor to my Batman and Robin book. 
It basically is. Ha ha ha, Tomasi wins again. <laughs> yeah, that would be the obvious thing. Give it to Tomasi because Tomasi is just a teddy bear of a human being beloved by the fan community where it's like, look, who's a guy, who's a guy you can't be mad at? Yeah, and, and on the other end of that, like, they pissed off so many fans already. Just keep going at that. Give it to Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, man, you know that's an option. They're like, so should we just give it to Bendis? <laughs> I mean, we're going to reboot in 100 issues anyway. Should we just give it to Bendis? And here's the thing. Bendis is already writing Batman comics. He's writing those Walmart Batman comics that are just getting yeah. collected in trade. Yeah, and apparently they're pretty good. Yeah, I actually, I want to check those out. Ironically, King also had a Superman book there, too, that I hadn't been reading. Yes, I'm very interested to see what that's like, especially since that was the one that had that, that issue where, like, Superman thought about all these ways Lois would die and everything. Over. Yeah, some really weird shit happened. That's even weirder when you stop and consider that most of the women in Tom King's stories basically just represent his own wife, which means he's thought about this for his own wife. Yeah, it's... It's very weird. His, his, his treatment of women in, in his books is, is quite strange. It's all, it's like, they're definitely strong. They're not victims. They're definitely masters of their own destiny. But it's, yeah, they, they all fit a very particular mold for him, and no one really breaks it. Yeah. That's, that's why I think it's weird when he's writing Batgirl more and more. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the King news. Ultimately, this is kind of a win-win. If you didn't like his run, well, guess you what? He's finishing up earlier. And if you did like his run, you're going to get something resembling an ending anyway. It's just going to be in another book. And if you don't like it, then, hey, guess what? It's a it's an extracurricular Batman book, so you don't even have to talk about it if you don't want to. And I think <laughs> after 73 issues, you know if you like his Batman or not. <laughs> so that's uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, we're not even done with DC News. We talked about the comics and the strange contractual uh, hurdles and pitfalls going on there. Let's talk about the movies. Uh, you actually brought this to my attention, Matt, on Twitter. I wouldn't have seen this if you didn't bring it up. But uh, Comic Book Resources is reporting there that the contracts for Ezra Miller and uh, Ray Fisher for the uh, respective Flash and Cyborg movies are uh, coming up at the end of the month. And we are quickly approaching the end of the month. Yeah, no word has been said about whether they're being re-upped. There's that thing, I think this was when that deal with Ezra Miller where he was getting like him and Grant Morrison writing the Flash movie or something that was still hurts said my to brain. be up. I know, so something tells me that nothing is going to happen with this. And the fact that we've already recast our Batman... And we're probably going to have to recast our Superman. I guess we're going to recast these two eventually. Yeah, uh, not to mention Cyborg on TV is getting more praise than the Cyborg on movies. So. Ooh, I bet they didn't see that and coming. He's, he's a better character as well. <laughs> oh, he's he's night and day. He's Cyborg on Doom Patrol is the best version of Cyborg we've gotten in about a decade. Like, no, no, no word of a lie, no joke. Again, I don't envy anyone who has to write Cyborg again. Because you're not going to be able to top this weird little side universe. Like, shouldn't shouldn't even be Cyborg, yet works better than just about anything else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I could see them not being uh, being there anymore and getting recast. Especially, I think Ezra Miller probably will get recast. Uh, since they're probably itching to do a Flash movie to somehow correct the universe yeah. they're in at the moment where somehow they can reboot it with a younger batman but keep momoa and godot and 
have a young, maybe a younger Superman to match with the Batman or something. Or, that yeah, would be nice. I mean, again, like I, I guess I feel bad for those guys because they won't get solo movies. But at the same time, is anyone really heartbroken over this? The whole universe is basically getting rebooted and retooled anyway. So, like, yeah. why, why even fight it at this point? Yeah, and I, I was never too hot on Ezra Miller as Flash. No, me. Either. I didn't. I, I didn't think he was suited for that role at all. I thought Ray Fisher had an interesting screen presence. But let's face it, they they kept kicking that cyborg movie down the line for a reason. They kept kicking it down, and they're like, "Okay, well, we'll team him with Flash, or we'll we'll make him appear in these other films first. And and they're like, "Ah, oh, whatever." And let's face it, too, had they not already been working on Aquaman while they were working on Justice League and everything else, there you probably weren't going to get that movie either. The fact that it was already mm-hmm. further along, they're like, "Well, we can't cancel it now." Yeah, well, I don't know whether they would because that film was done by James Wan and yeah. all those people who have a really good relationship with Warner Brothers. So, I think in one way or another, that film is coming out. Even if just to keep them sweet, because it's like, hey, you got you got another one of them cheap but wildly successful horror movies in the bank, James. We really <laughs> like those. <laughs> we like that you only spend about a hundred thousand dollars, but you make like a hundred million back, like clockwork every time. <laughs> what, what what do you got yeah. from the Nightmare Factory this time, James? Uh, a, a spooky. How, we love it. Okay, Greenlight, do whatever. But you didn't even <laughs> let me finish. No, it's fine. That was okay. good. That was. Well, we're gonna give this ten films, and then that that one item that's in that one scene will get a spin-off film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, you know, like uh, when you hear a bump in the night. Love it, Greenlight. <laughs> Tom Cruise is interested in it. Really? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> but but I didn't even get to... Fin- okay. Can I can I work the Billy puppet from Saw in the background? You bet you can. <laughs> That's why we love you, James. <laughs> nah, J- James Wan is apparently super cool, and dude's living his friggin' dream. He's the modern-day Sam Raimi over here. Yeah, yeah. I can do horror. I can do big-budget action. I can do a little comedy. I can do it all, man. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so there's there's your movie news on that one. Don't be surprised if, too, when those contracts lapse, that they don't make a big deal about it. In fact, I don't think they wanted this to be a big deal. I think they just wanted them to quietly lapse in the background while, while no one was paying attention. Yeah. Do you think maybe it'll be something like um, like Batman, how, like, basically one, the day Affleck left the role was when they started casting the role like mm. looking for new people and the rumors started coming out do you think maybe that might happen here potentially yeah who, who would you want to see of these characters i, I see i don't think though i think they're probably going to get rid of cyborg because he's mm. really popular on tv now which sends a terrible message where it's like hey the one black guy we have on the team we don't need him yeah yeah that, that sends or or consolation prize okay so we weren't really sure what we were doing with green lantern either um and hal jordan already shit the bed once it's john stewart everybody the one you liked anyway from the cartoon yay i'd prefer that especially because like i don't think cyborg really fits with the justice league i know they keep pushing him in the comics and everything but it just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me he's the teen titans guy and occasionally a doom patrol member when he's at his best go figure again same with flash i do not envy the people who have to make a flash movie because grant gustin 
owns that role for a generation now, and you got to compete with five seasons of stories that people have really enjoyed. I say scrap the whole Barry thing, just do Wally. Say, oh yeah, Barry yeah. existed, he had a short career, but now it's me, Wally West. Oh, but you won't do that either because you've sabotaged his character in the comics and in the pop culture so much. No one's using him, do a period piece with Jay Garrett. Hey, that's fine. I like that. Actually, here's the messed up thing. If Amanda Waller is any uh, indication that they can really just, you know, burn the character to the ground, piss on the ashes. But then the second there's talk about them being in a movie, the second Wally becomes the movie Flash, they're like, he's the best. He was always the best. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, what are, yeah, what are you talking about? Shut up. We, we always liked him. That's why we did these stories for him. Yeah, we loved him dearly. <laughs> Also, the Flash book is just going to star Wally now. Uh, Barry got lost in the Speed Force, and now it's all Wally all the time. <laughs> they do that, too, and they do it with a straight yeah. face. And Didio would look right to you. I always loved Wally West. I loved Nightwing and Stephanie Brown and all of these characters. <laughs> yeah, once all these characters start having movies or getting popular. <laughs> look, look at my face. Look how much I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Look at my office; it's covered in in Nightwing stuff. It's just like hastily put up posters <laughs> and unboxed toys and stuff. And <laughs> now that's the best timeline right there, where Dan DiDio is forced to love Nightwing and all the sidekicks. I love them. Uh, they don't make me feel old at all. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's like that thing with Action Comics this week. Huntress and that was meant to be Nightwing, but Bendis was forced to change it because of this whole fucking Rick thing. Which, man, you want to talk about pecking order there? I guess Tom <laughs> King outranks Brian Michael Bendis because they gave his story precedent. Yeah, he did an interview recently, uh, Tom King, about that, where he's like, yeah, I just, I, like, I just did it and just left it for someone else to figure out. I'm like, that seems about right. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like everything you've been doing. All right, fair enough. At least you're honest. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest about it that that well you know we'll talk about that more when we talk about what we read this week but that action comics is just so weird for bendis being selective with his continuity yeah well yeah again this might prove that maybe he's forced to choose like he has to do it a certain way because they're telling him to or something or they can't do it because it will break something yeah very very strange uh one last piece of news here we have and this is this is just a funny one this is just a little goof uh Marvel, for their big 1,000th issue there, their big uh, 80th anniversary, they put out like a nice little collage is what they put out with uh, a bunch of different great moments throughout their history. And uh, one they uh, showed there was a same-sex kiss. And everyone's like, oh, is that, you know, supposed to be Wiccan and Hulkling, you know, one of the first premier gay couples of Marvel? No, it's Earth to uh, Alan Scott and his boyfriend. Uh-oh, we got DC characters in the Marvel collage. Uh-oh, what underpaid intern did that? <laughs> Seriously, though, like, how does that even happen? Like, they just have to be, like, calling, like, 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 Google images, like, the most, like, basic, like, search functions, like, comics gay kiss or something. What's the first one? It's like, one? oh, that one, uh, uh, that one looks Marvel. I'll put that in. <laughs> amazing i i love that they screwed it up i love that no one caught it till later this is just num 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 good schadenfreude yeah and i love that for a moment there everyone remembered what earth 2 was for a second wasn't that nice it's like hey you know this book is really good and you know they kind of left it unfinished and everything and maybe you could go back to or not 
Yeah, for, for you, the biggest Earth 2 fan I know, that must have been like Christmas for you. What do you mean people are talking about Earth 2 again? <laughs> Is it getting a new book? No. It's like, it might as well. Marvel, do an Earth 2 book. <laughs> yeah, really? Uh, apparently no one checks these things, and DC won't do it, so why don't you just do it? <laughs> no one will stop you. Clearly, no one. Everyone's asleep at the way wheel. I know we make that joke <laughs> that you know uh, what is it? Editorial at DC is a joke right now. But man, if you ever needed a better image to point to, that no one is paying attention anymore. Yeah, yeah. I just can't believe it took fans to like point that. And surprised, like a fan, like I wouldn't have like picked that out of anything. No, no that was some good. It's like, hey, that looks that looks familiar. I know that kiss from somewhere. <laughs> you you can't keep secrets on the internet. Apparently, nothing nothing goes unseen. <laughs> the internet remembers. Forget the North remembers. The internet remembers. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that was that news for the week, everyone. Uh, just thought that was an interesting little laugh. Hey, maybe what this actually means is this is actually a secret Easter egg because they're going to be doing another Marvel DC crossover like they did in the late 90s. Maybe this is just to this let is, us... This is where Earth 2 went? Yeah, they went They went to the DC universe. <laughs> uh, That's that funny. Great. They jumped to Marvel. Hey, if you talk to uh, Grant Morrison, he says on the other side of the source wall is the Marvel universe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Grant was right all along. Did you think about that? <laughs> Sorcerer's been destroyed. Ooh, what happened in that time it was destroyed? <laughs> See, again, if I worked for DC, like, uh, PR, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be like, no, no. See, we meant to do that, everyone, because cause the source wall fell down. You see, it's a fun little reference. We we meant to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, like, see, when, when does that 1,000 issue come out? Uh, not for a while still. Oh, God damn, because if it was recently, I'd be, like, going online, I'd be, I'm going to buy 10 copies of this, I'm going to sell each one on eBay for $500. Yeah, really, wouldn't that be nice? Hey, it, it ain't Batman's dong, unfortunately, it ain't making Batman's dong <laughs> hey, money. Speaking of that, I did that with my Batman damn comic and made a mint. <laughs> Ooh, nice. How many, how many Star Wars figures did you buy? <laughs> oh, I, I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that he doesn't tell me means a lot. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess with that, we can hop on over into what we read this week. And as I mentioned before, it was a blissfully short week. I was actually able to get through most of my books and actually catch up on other shit. It was. I, 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 I caught up on all of Daredevil. Nice. It's been good, hasn't it? Oh my god, that last issue was probably one of the best issues I've read all year. It's really solid. Apparently Chip Zdarsky said that, you know, Spider-Man coming to Daredevil and having him a, uh, a conversation about killing people, that that was like his elevator pitch. That's what got him the book. I was going to say, because that, that, that feels like, like whenever whenever I see like Peter get serious in comics, I know shit's about to go down. And like, it is. it's like when Peter's serious, you listen to serious Peter because he Indeed. knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Someone said in my comment section something that I never even considered, but they were totally right. They're like, this is the most serious Peter has been written in the main universe in what feels like forever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. He's usually never this serious or this mature. Yeah, which, which is why you know shit's going down. It is. And also, too, I like that they're weaving this story of, like, oh, Matt Murdock has a painkiller addiction, but he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's hooked on them opioids. He's part of that opioid crisis. <laughs> and no hero says that either. It's like, hey, Matt, maybe you should lay off the pills. I can stop whenever I want. Well, do, does anyone actually see him take them? I don't think they do. No, that's true. He's taking them in uh, in private and mixing them with booze. 
Yeah, and I, th- I think the Punisher sees him, but like Punishers like don't give a shit. Punishers <laughs> like, hey, give me some of them. <laughs> don't hog the bottle. I, I, I have a bad back. I have a bad back. <laughs> I am I am only kept together by rage and prescription narcotics. <laughs> Do you think these cut narcotics I confiscate from the bad guys goes anywhere? It goes up my nose. <laughs> yeah, I need it for my war on crime. I'm just rolling PCP twenty four seven. Oh god, the Punisher on PCP, how terrifying would that be? <laughs> yeah, like weapons grade crystal meth. <laughs> yeah, geez, you know, Frank Castle, he came here and he just chewed the door off that armored personnel carrier. <laughs> yeah, literally chewed it off. Broke all these teeth and he just kept chewing. <laughs> then he chewed all the Hydra guys inside. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah then he just got naked and just started beating everyone up. <laughs> no one knew what to do. He also has a skull-shaped scar in his chest now from that last arc. <laughs> That's official now. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny we ended up talking about Daredevil because I only put up my review for Daredevil this week. Yeah, oh, God, that last issue was so good. And, so good. And promising a great new arc again in the solicitation. Yeah. They uh, sought to imply, like, ooh, who is the new Daredevil running around New York? Only for Sadarsky to chime up and be like, it's not that kind of story, who lives, who dies, who dons the costume. It's just a different type of Daredevil story. And I'm like, all right, I can appreciate that. Cool. Cool. Because the obvious answer is like, oh, is it Cole North? And he's like, no, it's neither Matt Murdock nor Cole North. I would have liked that to have been Cole North. I've, I, I've liked that character, how, how he's like a no-nonsense cop who, who doesn't give a shit about who wears a mask or not. They're all breaking the law. Doesn't care for Kingpin's bribes. He's a total inverse of Matt Murdock, where Matt Murdock is like, well, yeah. no, I have, to, I have to bend the rule of law to uphold the rule of law, and I have to break it to save it, where Cole North is like, no, the law is the law is the law, and they're both boxers. Yeah, yeah, the law is the law, but I'll still fist fight you in a car park. <laughs> I will still fight you in the street, because why not? <laughs> but uh, I guess the other big story from Daredevil to uh, Batman is we had Detective Comics number 1004 this week. This was the big origin issue for the Arkham Knight. Yeah, and it was pretty pretty, uh, pretty awful. <laughs> like not, not like the comic was bad, but like oh, yeah. the, the origin of her was like pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah, you surprised me for a second. I'm like, really? He didn't like it? Why? No, yes, uh... <laughs> Yeah, her uh, her origin is is hellish and awful, but also very yeah. fascinating too. To where it's like, how can we create a character who has a complete and utter, you know, cracked world view of right and wrong? I know she grew up in secret in the catacombs of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, and was read stories by the Joker and mm. told by all these villains that Batman is bad and he hurts them uh, while they're, like, all good people who yeah. just want to be better. <laughs> and also a Batarang killed your mother. Yeah, but it wasn't... Th- I, that that page got me so good. Like, I was like, oh, shit, Batman inadvertently killed her mother. And I'm like, oh, no, it was like some crazy lunatic picked up one of Batman's used Batarangs and threw it, it at her. It was, but the idea is like, well, it might as well have been him because he brought it here yeah, to yeah. the hospital. But, yeah, it's, it's it's really well handled, really, uh, really fun, really interesting stuff. And uh, I, I like, too, they do the thing that so few stories do like this. They explain, well, if she's such a big deal, why have we not heard of her until right now? And the answer is, oh, because Jeremiah was keeping her secret. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Someone also mentioned where it's like, wait, if she's in her 20s now, how old does that make Batman? Uh, the answer is don't think about it because the timeline in DC is a joke right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, Batman's anywhere between 25 and 35 on a sliding scale. Mm -hmm. Also, but wait, didn't they just mention year one in the last arc as having happened in Ben Kent? Yes, but also don't think about it. They they meant they 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 show it here as well because we see on the screens Batman in his year one costume fighting some villains. That's right. So yeah, once again, year one happened, but don't think about it. <laughs> but I th I thought zero year was uh, was the true origin, and then War of Jokes and Riddles after that, and and the Superman fusing together, and the, it doesn't stop trying to make sense of it. It makes no sense, and the more you try and make sense of it, the less sense it actually makes. <laughs> just just go with the flow we got a cool new lady villain now <laughs> I, I was surprised too you know because she's built like a little super villain army to help her out there anton arcane the swamp thing villain is helping her out that that really surprised me i'm like wait holy fuck why why is he helping her <laughs> he's like quite a big villain he hasn't been in anything in eight years i'm sure he's like i'm just happy to be on the comic page watch my new show coming at the end of the month <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm only here to promote my new series. <laughs> I, I don't know why I think Anton Arcade speaks like the Emperor. Stop asking me. <laughs> pantaloons. Swampy pantaloons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this story was fun. It was all about Astrid. I don't, I don't really know what else to say about it, just that it's, it's a fun idea for a villain. Yeah, it's good to have a Batman book that's... It's really, gr really great. Yeah. Really fun to read. They also seek to imply, too, that, you know, if Batman can cure her, like, crack uh, mirror view of the world, might be possible that this character might stick around. I'd, I'd like that. I, I could, I'd like that. I could easily see Tomasi being like, hey, you like this character enough for a spinoff, right? Maybe a mini? <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit of a mini with these characters. Yeah, a little. Hey, little... I'll bring, bring the Super Sons with me. And... Hey, there you go. Yeah, maybe, maybe Arkham Knight should meet the Super Sons for a bit. Did you think about that? <laughs> I mean, I mean, she likes kids. She's trying to convert Damien. I mean, that that, that would require another twelve page, twelve issue mini. So, uh, chop chop. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll do that, and I'll also bring back the uh, evil Titans of Tomorrow, Robin, who became a new character and disappeared into a time vortex, and then we never saw him again. Yeah, the the character who many were convinced that that was going to be Arkham Knight. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, no, no, he already had a name. I forget what his name was. Savior. Savior, right. Yeah, wow. He was going to go save the timelines, apparently. Yeah, good good job he's, on he's that. He's not doing a very good job of it. No, he's he really caught where, where is he in Where is he in Heroes in Crisis? Oh, you you know if you, like, buy Tomasi some drinks at a Comic-Con, he'll tell you all about it, his plans for Savior and where it was supposed to go, and then they took it all away from him. <laughs> he's like, well, you see, if that had gone on for a couple arcs longer, what would have happened was... <laughs> and I was building up to this, and then it's like, no, Bendis has your books now. <laughs> ben just has your books now. Sorry. Uh, what else did we want to talk about? Uh, speaking of Bendis books, we had Action Comics issue one thousand and eleven. Yeah this this felt more like a zero issue for Event Leviathan than anything else, didn't it? Well, well, it was it was the final issue of the Leviathan Rising, mm. which is like the primer for the event. But yeah, this was like the issue that. As I said in my review, it set up all of the questions that will probably be answered answered in the Leviathan book. We're like, who is Leviathan? What do they want? Mm. What will happen tomorrow? Yeah. 
and yeah. set set up all of them, and it set them up all pretty well. It did, all things considered. There's again some gaping continuity holes, as we have come to expect <laughs> with Bendis. The fact that Kate Spencer is just Manhunter now, despite the fact that in all the time she's been reintroduced post New Fifty Two Rebirth, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they never once made any mention of her having powers or ever being the Manhunter. Yeah, well, I saw. I saw. It's probably wrong, but I saw multiple news outlets say that this is the rebirth introduction of Kate Spencer. Uh, technically, no. She was Green Arrow's lawyer. Yeah, I thought in the, so. In the, Green, yeah. in the Green Arrow book. Also, she lived in yeah. Seattle, not Metropolis. <laughs> Bendis didn't read them. Of course. You know? He didn't read them. He just knows Manhunter exists. Like, oh, she's a cool, badass lady detective. Oh, she's basically like Jessica Jones. I want to write about her. Yeah, yeah, and it made it kind of look like Jessica Jones a little bit. She, she, her attitude is totally Jessica Jones. <laughs> yeah, this character is Jessica Jones, but DC. There you go. Also, man, you want to talk about more inhuman uh, Bendis dialogue? This issue literally opens with uh, what is it? Uh, Maggie Sawyer kicking down Kate Spencer's door. It's like I am Maggie Sawyer, ahead of the major crimes unit. I am working with the FBI to bring like nobody talks like this. Yeah, he just busting the door say you're from the MCU. <laughs> we know who it is. <laughs> it, it's like the most amazing example of like, wow, she really, she really just gave her entire life story there. My favorite one was, I think it was Huntress said it, where it, it felt like like he wrote it down wrong and just didn't pick up on it when reading the script. It, it was like, this doesn't make Talia sense. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck are you reading, Benders? Yeah. Like, just, you just say, this doesn't make sense for Talia Al Ghul to do. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell are you talking about, Benders? It's, it's cute, though, Matt. It's cute when characters make up new words. I don't understand. Like, I, I know what it is. He, he's trying for these characters to talk quote unquote casual. Yeah. And be casual about it. But it's coming off like it's written by an alien. Like, does he talk like this to like. Like, does he talk like this to, like, people in, like, the DC office and they're all like, what the fuck is he on about? That's a very good question. Does he bring some of his bendicisms into real life conversation? Wow, I never thought about that. Like, yeah, does does he think this is how people talk? So in, you know, he's getting a coffee at the DC offices and he's talking to people like this and they're all looking at him like, what the hell are you on about, Bendis? It's so funny, too, to see Huntress show up and stuff when she doesn't have a book currently. She's getting this weird kind of reverse push where it's like she got to be in that last Batman story because Tom King doesn't <laughs> remember that she's not a member of the Bat family in the post-DC Rebirth New 52 era. She was more a friend to a Batgirl and more of an associate, not a member of the family like she was. And here, she gets to show up and help Superman only because Ben just wanted to use Nightwing but wasn't allowed to use Nightwing. Yeah, yeah. And I like that that came out after. And he did apologize for that as well because he's like, I did, I was meant to tell you guys beforehand, but I, things got lost in the shuffle and everything. And by lost in the shuffle, he means I wrote this six months in advance and forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what you have to do when you write several books like me. You write everything months in advance, which is another reason why things don't line up and don't make sense. Yeah, yes. Yeah, because things that happen when the book comes out yeah, might not match up. Yeah, will be altered and changed. But yeah, all in all, I still like Leviathan as a concept. I like this idea of this, like, shadow group that has destroyed all these spy agencies. And it's like, well, if they're that powerful to do that, what are what are they going to do tomorrow? And the fact that they are recruiting people within the superhero community itself. And there might be Leviathan sleeper agents already that you just don't know. 
Yeah, and they also posited they we got a little bit more about the the mystery of that that creature thing that like comes mm. and takes these people. And as Superman says, he like he uses his powers really well. Again, Bendis really using Superman's powers really interestingly, where he like he 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 views the eruption uh, in slow motion and comes to the uh, conclusion that people might not be dying in these explosions, but being taken somewhere. Which makes sense, because it's like, what, are we really going to let them destroy all these organizations and then have to rebuild them elsewhere? No, 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 they're going to be fine at the end of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was really cool. I did like um, that a lot of the issue was Lois trying to nail down this story and like, okay, we need a second source. Okay, the second source tiger is dead, quote-unquote. Where do we go from here? Well, we'll go to Huntress. She was as a uh, a spiral agent. We'll, we'll talk with her and everything. And then, oh, we'll go back to Waller. She needs to look at this. But Waller's gone because they think that she thinks that they think that she is Leviathan and everything. It's really interesting. Which it would make sense for Amanda Waller to be Leviathan because that's so up her alley where it's like, look, you're the head. Yeah, of, yeah. You're yeah. the head of Task Force X. You're one of the founding members of Argus. You're, uh, what is it? You kind of took over Checkmate from the guy who was running it. Uh, what is it? Shit. Uh, my favorite moment from the Secret Six, we found out she's running that group and the Suicide Squad and getting them to fight each other and no one ever knew. What if this is gonna this is gonna turn out to be something Waller was running and it got out of hand from her and she's like, well, I'm not taking responsibility for this. Fuck you guys. I, I have nothing to do with this. It was all these people. That's the most Waller move ever. I like that a lot. Actually, she's like, hey, I'm not running Leviathan at the moment. <laughs> yeah i'm not there at the moment <laughs> at the moment i'm not saying it's not me <laughs> also too you know you know if they're handing out like recruitment things where it's like hey waller how would you like to join leviathan she's like yep <laughs> oh yeah she'll definitely join and she's like look look i can change the organization from the inside everybody i can't fight it from the outside look i just i gotta buckle down at leviathan you know maybe get some promotions by the weird masky guy and i'll be running this thing by next week yeah, and also for all intents and purposes, Leviathan doesn't seem like that terrible, like, they don't seem evil. No, they haven't hurt anyone who didn't have it coming. Yeah, exactly. They're not hurting civilians. They nope. they're, they're, they seemingly want to change the world for the better. Yeah. Like, of course, this is all, this is like villain speak, you know, yeah. just buying into their own shit and everything. But Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make the world better. They they even recruit Guardian. Yeah, remember Bendis brought Guardian back and then forgot about him for multiple issues? Yeah, we'll laid him up in the hospital because he choked on some red mist goo. Yeah. Hey, Jim Harper, <laughs> would you like to join our group? You're not doing anything. That's That, that kind of seems to be uh, Leviathan's modus operandi, even in a, what is it, the free comic book day issue. Hey, Green Arrow, would you like to join our group? You don't have a book right now. You're not doing anything yeah yeah you're not doing that justice league stuff anymore do you want to come help us <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> don't remind me what i'm not doing and that the big plans for my book got fucking scuttled <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit hey but bring on a new reboot just so i can get a goddamn new green arrow book please <laughs> burn it all down so joel can have what he wants <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that uh, that was action comics it's fine again it suffers from all the problems that the bendis books have been suffering from but this is definitely the better of his superman titles still yeah yeah it, it's it's more competently in his wheelhouse and some people just hate it on principle though because it's more of yeah. a because it's more of a street level talky superman book and it's like well 
do you want the alternative? Do you want what he's doing in the Superman book? Because he's giving you big climactic cosmic stakes there, and it fucking blows, so... You can't, you can't win. You get those people that hate it because it's it's not, you know, big Superman punching bad guys. And then you hate it just because it's Bendis. Again. not Won't, won't even give it a, an inch because Bendis' name is on the cover. Yeah, can't, can't have your super cake and eat it too, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Uh, what else was this week? Uh, ooh, I had, uh, I had Avengers. Yeah, Avengers was good. Yeah, Avengers was uh, really interesting. It's uh, Again, we're still in the War of Realms, but we're not focusing on the main team because the main team has the main book all shirt up. Here we're focusing on the agents of Wakanda, mainly Gorilla Man. Yeah, Gorilla Man, who's the head of security, but also like a caseworker for mm. for uh, Black Panther. And, and it, interestingly enough, we find out that Ursa Major is one of his undercover agents. I loved that twist. Ur- Ursa Major, the most aggro dick of the Winter Guard since this arc <laughs> began, is actually a double agent working <laughs> for the Avengers. And it makes perfect sense, too, because his own government locked him up and, only, yeah, took, and yeah. only brought him out when they needed him. Of course he's mad at his own government and wants to work to screw them over. How does he know they're not just going to lock him back up again? Exactly, exactly. That That's really cool. So we get, we not only get a War of the Realms time, but Jason Arrow then like ties up stuff from like his vampire arcs mm-hmm. and then like building on that vampire arc and what what's going to happen after uh, War of the Realms. Yeah. It's a nice touch, too, where it's like, oh, no, you know, uh, Avengers Mountain, you know, the Celestial Headquarters is under attack. Black Panther and Shuri deal with it, like, in one page in War of the Realms 4. Here they're like, no, 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 more stuff went into it. It's just you didn't get to see all the shit Gorilla Man had to go through to make it so they could deal with it in one page. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed seeing seeing that behind the scenes. So I kind of thought we would get to see something like that because it's like, oh, wow, that was kind of over pretty quickly. You guys have, like a super weapon and that really wasn't explained <laughs> also too you know where's where's my gorilla man kazar buddy boom movie that's what i want <laughs> them just solving crimes flying around in their flying car i'm like this is the best team up ever <laughs> yeah this alcoholic gorilla and a caveman <laughs> just hanging out getting into adventures getting into scrapes <laughs> and you know make it like the uh what is it uh what, what's that uh movie that we both loved uh 70s throwback movie uh, oh god uh, uh the nice guys the nice guy yeah just the nice guys but in comic books that's what i want <laughs> uh but that's fun uh they also start planting seeds too for future storylines i don't know if you read the solicitations but apparently like uh a couple arcs from now that celestial the avengers are living in is going to come to life again and they're going to have to fight it yeah yeah i did see that 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 sounds really cool and i get i guess this like sort of feeds into like and here we hear Gorilla Man got talked to by the Celestial. Yeah. And the Celestial revealed where the Roxxon facility is, like, like could find out where it is. Which is something they still haven't done in the main book yet, so I like that this is important, and Aaron was sure to put that little nugget in here. Yeah, but, but it also throws in the question, was that the Celestial speaking, or was that Dracula? Mm. Or, like, some of Dracula's forces speaking to him? Because as we learn at the end of the book... Gorilla Man is himself an undercover agent for Dracula. Oh, the the guy looking after the double agents is himself a double agent. (laughs) Goddamn spy thriller. But yeah, I I like his reasoning. It's like, I don't like being the Gorilla Man. I'd like to not be a Gorilla Man, please, even if that means being a vampire. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, Gorilla Man's just a fun premise in general. I'd like to see he got to play around here and have a little one-shot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd read a Gorilla Man book. Yeah. Heck, I'd write a Gorilla Man book. Can I write a book about Gorilla Man? <laughs> <laughs> Look, Matt and I already have our pitch. It's a buddy piece with him and Kazar. They open up a detective agency. It's him and Kazar, and then, like, every other issue, they team up with someone else. So, like, the first team up you have with, like, like Hercules. That Oh, there you go. Got to get another fun character we love in there. Hey, get Hitmonkey in there. Gorilla Man and Hitmonkey have all the Simeon characters. <laughs> there you go. There, that's that's a book. I just wrote you a damn book, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Huge hit, outsells everything. No, it's not. It's like canceled after five issues. <laughs> the, the, but, but it'll be a cult hit, though. Everyone will love it, though, for that five issues. <laughs> Look, how many issues did that Howard the Duck book get? More than you thought, right? <laughs> it did. It got more than you thought. <laughs> but less than you hoped, and that's what we're going to do with this Gorilla Man pitch. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, what else did you have? I had, uh, technically three. I had three more. Uh, I had the Flash issue 71. Oh, yes, the continuation of the year one. Yeah, the year one story continues. Uh, young Barry gets stuck in the, the future with the older version of himself, who uh, teaches Barry a couple of things, like mainly how to stop running without tripping and hurting yourself, uh, how to use like like the tornado arm attack thing, uh, all these things, while also telling him what happens in the future. Because as we learned, his life is a loop, because this older Barry went through oh, the exact same thing. That makes sense. And it's a big one big loop and in in this future obviously the turtle has taken over central city and put a big shell around it big domed shell uh and uh he want the one thing he he wants most is the flash's speed and he can't obviously get it because the flash is fighting his men and everything uh he's defeated most of the heroes uh, of earth so flash is like kind of the only one left and uh yeah, the younger Flash just learns a little bit about the future and what happens. He doesn't like this future and doesn't want this to happen. So when he gets sent back in time via the Cosmic Treadmill, he... Hey, they brought that back. Yeah, Flash builds it in, like, a blink of an eye. Nice. Uh, when when he gets sent back in time, he's like, nope, not going to use my speed anymore. Fuck this shit. <laughs> uh, so, so he, like, bottles up the speed, and he bottles up the speed, and it makes him look like he has Parkinson's. Oh, no. Like, he's constantly, like, shaking and vibrating and everything because he, he's he's not letting it out and everything. And I mean, that's uh, he ends up going, that makes sense. Yeah, he ends up going to see Iris, but when he's seeing Iris, that's when the turtle's first appearance happens, and he's robbing, like, a bank, and Barry wonders, like, if he could stop him here, then he could break the loop. But he doesn't want to because he doesn't want to use his powers anymore or get involved because he's not that person that he saw in the future. But right. he sees Iris get, he sees Iris in trouble and then becomes a hero. I, I like that. He tries to fight it, but it happens anyway. Yeah, I, I like the idea that Flash is caught in this loop. And I'm interested to see how, like, if they continue with that or whether they try and break that loop. That sounds very much like Reverse Flash, his whole thing, where it's like, no, I'm a, I'm a walking, talking time abnormality. Oh. 
Yeah, it's going to be interesting, cause especially because in the solicitations, it says that apparently, like, there's going to be a big story coming up where the Speed Force dies off. Mm. Uh, and then Flash gets his own, like, headquarters and all those sorts of cool stuff's happening. Interesting. Bringing it back to what he was before Wally uh, kind of invented the idea of the Speed Force and everything, where the Flash book has lived for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like with Superman, where it's like, let's go back to where, you know, he just leaps tall buildings in a single bound and is faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah. Let's try and strip away uh, some of this chicanery and see where that goes. Mm. Uh, uh, I had Venom, another War of Realms tie-in. I flicked through this. I haven't read this one yet. Pardon? It's all right. It's all pretty inconsequential stuff, just biding time until, you know, uh, Donny Cates can come back. Uh, Jerry Duggan does fine. Venom gets a new suit of armor. He does, and it looks awesome. I said I wanted this suit to be the main suit from here on out. <laughs> it's really, really nice. Like, it's so good, they really shouldn't waste it. Like, this needs to be, like, a spinoff, or this needs to go to another character. That's how good it looks. Yeah, Venom Viking or something. Yeah, Vike Venom, something like that, yeah. <laughs> what's what's the Norse word for Venom? What's the Norwegian word for it? <laughs> Venom Heben. There you go. <laughs> I, 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 the Swedish chef. Yeah, I, I watch the Swedish chef. I know what's up. <laughs> but yeah, his, his whole deal there is that the more he uses this armor, the more it's killing him, and the more it's like turning him to the dark side. And uh, the same witch that gave him the powers gave similar powers to Jack o' Lantern, which Jack o' Lantern, it doesn't matter. A Jack o' Lantern. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't, I don't even think Jack O'Lantern had, like, a, a public identity at, at all anyway. It was just Jack O'Lantern, so you could do whatever the fuck you want with him. There's been several Jack O'Lanterns, and they all suck, and they haven't all last very long. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the power now, goddammit. He's got the power now. First you get the power, then you get the money, then you get the pumpkin on your head. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> but uh you know even with the power he's no match for venom and jack-o'-lanterns like fine then screw you i'm gonna go full daenerys targaryen i'm just gonna burn the whole city down including the building where your son is because <laughs> venom has a son now everybody in case you weren't paying attention yes a son who thinks he's not his son but like big brother yes quote unquote <laughs> also a son who may have been born because of immaculate conception with the symbiote <laughs> they, they haven't touched back on that yet but yeah that's that's a thing yeah they're gonna have to because <laughs> literally annie's like i wasn't pregnant until the symbiote got on me now i'm pregnant with eddie's kid <laughs> yeah think about that oh man i i love because the symbiote has a character now i cannot wait till the symbiote has to explain that's like look look man i was trying to help you out i was trying to help you lock this lady down she was out of your league <laughs> <laughs> and what locks a woman down more than pregnancy says the symbiote <laughs> oh my god you're the biggest villain ever symbiote <laughs> that's the, the, that, that's like the superhero equivalent of i just made tiny pinpricks in all of your condoms i didn't see what the problem was <laughs> the condom in this way being an alien symbiote <laughs> oh jeez, man i'm just i'm just gonna have to take a mulligan on this one man i'm gonna have to just you know uh plead ignorance on this one Whew, you know on my planet we do this all the time <laughs> do the old george costanza yeah in my weirdo uh goo planet this is completely acceptable behavior <laughs> <laughs> oh you know you, you you humans and you're not like of immaculate symbiote conception <laughs> so prudish here on earth but yeah that was venom it was fine cool cool
cool. Uh, well, I had the, the penultimate issue of Naomi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is coming to an end, isn't it? Yeah, and we've the last, like, three issues, we've gotten so much information, so <laughs> buckle up. Okay, I'm, I'm buckled. <laughs> so, I'm listening. So we learned that the, the mechanic D, who she thought was her father, is not her father, but a Thanagarian assassin mm. who escaped to Earth after failing a mission and just lived out on Earth. He was hunted down by a Ranian who turned Ooh. out to be Naomi and Naomi's adopted father. Oh, shit. Yeah, and but he didn't want to hunt anymore because he met Naomi's adoptive mother and they ended up uh, getting together and marrying, but they couldn't have a child. And then one day, something called both him and the mechanic to a football field where some woman came through a portal with a baby and was oh. being chased by like these guys. So they killed them, but the woman died and they left, they were left the, with the baby. And I follow so far. And then, so Naomi gets told all of this and she gets given this stone that she arrived with. And when she touches it, it like molds into her and gives her her powers, which we're not, I'm not really sure what they are, but they might be like light based powers, mm. like a green lantern ring sort of thing. Um, but they also give her like, like a like a Jor El type message from her mother. Naturally, we learn that we learn that she is actually from an alternate Earth. Oh, and this alternate Earth had a crisis, which uh, also while burning away the ozone layer, also burnt away a bunch of realities. And the radiation that came through gave people gifts. It unlocked their latent gifts. So basically, mutants. Um, is, is this going to be tied into that <laughs> stupid Seven Crises thing that Ben just wrote in Young Maybe. Justice? <laughs> maybe maybe um but yeah they they ended up getting powers and there was 29 people that rose to became like the earth's champions but some wanted to to rule the earth including this one serial killer who got powers who like just decimated the earth and forced all the other ones to sort of become rulers of their own little sex of this earth and these people weren't allowed to procreate but then by what is implied either immaculate conception <laughs> or their parents That's did the it before. The they day, got the powers. <laughs> uh, Naomi was born to her mother and another one of these champions. So she was like the first pure blood of the crisis. And this villain found out about her and wanted to kill her to prove his superiority. So they had to send her away to another Earth. A la Superman. And yeah, yeah, it's basically a reverse Superman. Which is why she's so fascinated with Superman. Right. That makes it. Well, you weren't kidding, Matt. That was a lot of information to digest. Yeah. <laughs> that happened over like three issues. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm glad this wasn't just one issue. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking shit happening in this book. It's got one more issue left in the quote unquote season. Not sure why they're calling it a season and not just a series. It's a fun idea. Also, don't worry if she's popular. I'm sure he will work her into his Young Justice run. I'm sure he's just waiting for that. Uh, for all intents and purposes, I think she is popular. This book is actually really good, and I think it benefits from having David F. Walker on there. Someone... The dialogue the dialogue is good. The dialogue isn't casual, Bendis. Yep. It actually makes sense. Uh, it, the story is coherent. It more or less conforms with DC continuity. So, yeah. David F. Walker, wildly underrated creator. I really hope he gets more work off the back of this. Or at the very least, it's like, hey, Dave, how would you like to, you know, co-write the Superman now and to help him out on this? <laughs> I'd really like if, uh, like, Bendis was only on this season one of this book and then, like, just 
gave it to David and just let him do his thing on like season two of Naomi. See, I, I think the, that they want Bendis' name on it to help sell it is the thing. As much as I love David F. Walker, all of his great series have been canceled prematurely. Yeah, that's true. Which is a shame. I, I still pull uh, pour a 40 out there for his Power Man and Iron Fist and his, <laughs> and his Occupy Avengers and his solo <laughs> Luke Cage book. <laughs> hey, we we're talking about Cyborg. I think he wrote either the first or the second uh, New 52 Cyborg run, actually. Yeah, and I, I do remember that that first yeah what that run being particularly good, and then it just like kind of nose diving after that. Yeah, poor poor dude. Uh, what else did I have? Uh, ooh, I had a Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark was this week. Ooh, what was that like? Uh, they finally found Mordru, the original uh, Lord of Chaos, who they were hoping that if uh, they could use his powers of chaos, they could defeat the other kin and the now rogue Lords of Order. Nice. And he's just an evil, disgusting human being who is incredibly powerful. He's like, oh, yeah, I could have fought the other king. I could have fought the Lords of Order forever ago. I just didn't want to. <laughs> he's he's also been living in the uh, Justice League Museum. That's why, <laughs> okay. they, that's why they couldn't find him. He's just been living in a magical pocket dimension in, like, the Hall of Justice Museum. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really freaking funny. And his whole thing there is like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll totally give you the power to become Lords of Chaos. Not because I think it's the right thing to do. Not because I want you to save the day. But because I know you pure-hearted heroes. This will corrupt and destroy you by the end of this. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Mordru's such a dick. I love this character. <laughs> That's great. I know I, I, he got a really cool redesign recently as well, he did. didn't he? He sure did. Yeah. They, they even drop another, like, interesting little tidbit there where he's like, yeah, you know, I was, like, one of the original human beings to pick up the idea of magic. The Lords of Order, those were, like, my brothers and sisters from back in the day, and they were so scared of losing their magic power, they put themselves in helmets and capes and all these other, you know, relics of order. Not me, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, fuck that shit. Now, Mordru don't play that shit. He even explains, like, well, what's the difference between their magic and chaos magic? He's like, well, you know, regular magic has all these rules. You gotta draw runes, you gotta talk backwards, you gotta have spell books and everything. Chaos magic is just big dick magic where you just take what you want <laughs> when you want. And by exuding... It's the Chad magic. It's the Chad, and by exuding this big dick energy to the world, <laughs> I can bend it to my will. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the big dick energy <laughs> magic? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the book, and it ends with uh, Wonder Woman and Zatanna getting Lords of Chaos redesigns. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, which we already know from solicitations, everyone else on the team is going to become a Lord of Chaos too. So expect that. Sweet. Yeah, I I had one more. I, I had one more, too. I had Tony Stark Iron Man issue 11. I'm going to read that tomorrow. I'm two issues behind, actually. Yeah, this this was the um, the finale of... Basically, the, the story Slot's been telling since issue one with yeah, the controller and everything. It's been going on uh, for a while. So, yeah, uh, he, Tony ends up beating uh, Motherboard in Escape and getting out, but because he was locked in his Iron Man costume... It took him into space, yes. and 
he lost out all his oxygen and everything, so he's like floating around in space. No one knows where he is except for Arno Stark, mm. who has been piggybacking on Escape to get access into uh, Tony's files. And uh, Sunset's really happy because they're like, oh, great, we don't have to deal with Tony Stark now. He'll just like kill himself in space. But I was like, hey, he's my brother. I'm going to bring him home. Arno, who's also so, gone down a very evil path since last we saw him. He had a whole yeah. issue to himself. Yeah, yeah, he's he's quite evil now. Um, he's basically the science and, devil is what he is yeah yeah and he he brings him home and uh, he brings him to the battle where the controller who's now giant godzilla size sort of thing fighting the champions and janet and manticore uh at uh, the Baintronics facility where tony decides to use the illegal 3d printers that Baintronics has been setting up to <laughs> mass produce those masks right um he starts using them to design some designs he had in Escape, and that design was the God Killer armor. Cool. Uh, and he's doing it very quickly because, as he says, like once he get once he got back into his body, his his ideas and stuff started like disappearing. The the ideas he had in Escape start disappearing because his his mind can't hold them. It's a literal brain drain. Yeah. So he he ends up fighting. Uh, the 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 controller and kind of like one hit punching him like I, I love that like despite the controller getting all this power Basil was still like a like a D grade villain and they're like no one hit punch <laughs> uh, takes him down and then uses the suit to blow up Banetronics lab and destroy all their facilities and nice. destroy their pipe production pipelines and all that um, but the the end of the comic is really my favorite. So everything is like kind of wrapped up, and then like Tony like leaves in the middle of the night to go and get a drink, because uh, while he was in East, while he was in Escape, he was free of everything and he was drinking left, right, and center yes, he and was everything like he used to. Um, and he he and Rhodey catches him and he tells Rhodey that while he was in Escape, he was drinking and nothing bad was happening. Like he, he knew he, he knew it wasn't real, but it felt real. And he knows he's an alcoholic and everything. And he knows nothing's going to change that. And he might as well just give in to it because oh nothing's going to solve it. So, and Brody basically consoles him and says, I'll take you to AA, my friend. Oh boy. <laughs> the, the, they're going to have to be sending both uh, Tony Stark and uh, what is it? Daredevil to rehab. Soon yes. Right. May, 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 maybe they can set up a sanctuary, like, like yeah. facility. Nothing, nothing bad's ever happened with that. No, no. That idea is only ever. <laughs> well, well, like Spider-Man go into like a fit of rage after learning that like, He's not the only one with bad things happening. He'll mm. kill a bunch of no-name villains and stuff. <laughs> we should we should get a bunch of Ultron robots too to look after the place because you know because <laughs> and then and then and then blame them for it, but it wasn't them because you know Ultron robots have like this great track record of never going insane and never killing anybody <laughs> and only being helpful, so that'll be fine. Yeah. Also, we'll dress the Ultron robots in creepy masks for some reason, too. Yeah, make them look like, like Aunt May and Uncle Ben yeah. and, and Tony and Howard and Maria Stark. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I, I see no problems in this future. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to check that out. I'm two issues behind. I'm going to read those tomorrow. And the only reason I didn't read those today was because I was catching up on Solid in Amid's uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man. I read the two issues of those that I was behind. How's that going? Uh, it's interesting. You know, it's fine. It's, you know, I hate to use the word derivative because every comic is someone's first, but this feels like a very classic Spider-Man adventure is what this feels like. This feels like something you would have read back in the day 
but with not a lot of new flourishes on it. Basically, there's a gang war in Brooklyn. Tombstone and his mm-hmm. gang from Harlem are trying to move on in to Brooklyn territory, and they're fighting it out with all the gangs there, and Miles has to step in and stop it. Yeah. While also breaking off dates with his friends and his girlfriends and everything, which, you know, causes a real uh, rift there. Mm-hmm. So, again, classic Spider-Man. Uh, he meets a new character called Starling, who uh, has her okay. own personal uh, bone to pick with uh, Tombstone. Apparently, Tombstone killed her friend from Detroit, so now she's come here to New York to basically like mess up all his people. And unlike uh, Miles, who's you know a bit of a soft touch, Starling doesn't give a shit. She's like, "Look, I'll cripple this guy. I'll like, uh, what is it? Smack his face off. I don't care." But you know, Miles <laughs> likes her. He's like, "Oh, you're hot, bird lady. I want to hang out with you." It's like, fine, <laughs> let's team up. And they do, and they eventually take down uh, Tombstone, and she learns an important lesson about forgiveness, and we discover <laughs> only at the end that her name is actually Tamina Tombs. Okay. She is the granddaughter of the Vulture. Ooh, interesting. The Vulture built her that suit while he was hiding out in Detroit. <laughs> and taught her to fly. Nice. And uh, it's funny, they, they, the most interesting part is the ending, and that is that, you know... Uh, Miles's girlfriend broke up with him because it's like, oh, you're living this double life and you won't tell me about it. And if you can't share your secrets with me, I'm out. And then Tamina Toomes opens up to him. And it's like, oh, well, this is who I am. This is my story. Okay, your turn. Take off your mask. Tell me who you are. And he's like, yeah, no, we're not really there yet in our relationship. No. And she's like, well, screw you then. <laughs> and he's like, great, I had two women break up with me for basically the same reason. But he did take one of uh, Tombstone's files on, like, a bunch of big crime stuff that's going on in the city. He can't read it, though, because it's assumedly all coded and everything. But he's taking it to Uncle Aaron, hoping Uncle Aaron can give him the skinny on it. Oh, sick. <laughs> so the next arc is going to involve Uncle Aaron. I'm like, that's cool. Uncle Aaron operates a weird place in the comics and that he had such a great death in the original Ultimate Spider-Man. Such a great death in the movie, but then Bendis brought him back to life and now we just kind of have to deal with him being alive now. <laughs> maybe maybe he'll like he'll like solve solve the the code and in doing so get a really cool death. <laughs> I, I, I am really, like, I'm really expecting that, actually, Matt, where it's like, look, let's do a whole arc with Uncle Aaron so I can kill him again. Because <laughs> Uncle Aaron needs to stay dead for Miles to work. <laughs> like, they already kind of ran into a big problem in that, like, the Peter of this world is not dead and they're still trying to get around that. But, like, he really needs his Uncle Ben analog to be dead, too. <laughs> and the fact that he just like was resurrected on a whim and then became a villain again just ooh just unfortunate but yeah that's Maz Morales Spider-Man he's good that's good it's I'll say it's everything amazing Spider-Man isn't scratching the itch for so you know if there if you just want you know classic boots on the ground friendly neighborhood Spider-Man stuff this is a good place to go for it awesome also makes me hungry for Jamaican patties because literally the first couple pages takes place in a Jamaican patty restaurant. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that was my books for this week. Is that everything from you, Matt? That is everything from me. Oh, boy, this, uh, this show just flew right by, didn't it? It did. 
It did. So uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to it first before anybody else over on the Cape Joel Comic Multiverse patron. Always appreciate that. Helps keep the lights on here. Helps me pay Matt for all the work he does with the thumbnails and the co-hosting and the pudding pops and everything else that he does. <laughs> I, I'm joking. Matt's never given me a pudding pop. We should, though. That's Matt, we should go on strike for this show until fans give us pudding pop money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, put, we'll set up a coffee page we need pudding pop money i have one actually on twitter but yes there you go all, i did as well <laughs> all, all this money goes to the pudding pops. next next week we come back we just have a big case of pudding pops mm. <laughs> what you thought we were joking <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, everyone else, that of course comes out uh, in audio form on Thursday on the iTunes and the SoundCloud. And here, Wednesday, every Wednesday at 8 a.m., new comic book day. You can come watch the video version here. Uh, as always, we appreciate any likes, comments, favorites, shares, helps drive engagement, helps us keep doing what we're doing, lets us interact with you. I always do my best to try and read the comments when I can. You can follow Matt and myself on Twitter to keep up to date with what we're doing there. Uh, if you're in the Vancouver area this coming July, uh, July the 6th, I will be at the inaugural Geektopia show uh, at the Harbor Convention Center in Vancouver, British Columbia. It's their first year, so please, please come out and see me. <laughs> so it's not a total, it's not a total wash. That's that's what happens when you go to a first year convention. Uh, when we went to that Philadelphia show like last year, it was an awesome show. It was a kick-ass show. But it was their first year and barely anybody showed up. Oh, no. I know. Like, it sucked for, like, the people putting on the show. And, in fact, I think the dude running the show doesn't work there anymore for just that reason. I tried calling his number and it was disconnected. (laughs) (laughs) I know. But, man, if you were just running around the show, it was great because you had unfettered access to your favorite comic book professionals. I just pulled up a chair right next to Peter Tomasi and talked to him for a bit. (laughs) awesome then i met him again in the hotel because we were staying in the same hotel because it was connected to the convention said i'm like oh hey peter what's up (laughs) nice dude nick spencer nick spencer shorter man in real life he writes like a much taller man i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah he he writes with the gusto of a six foot tall man at the very (laughs) least i'm like man i'm I'm taller than nick spencer i didn't think about that uh oh i i met big bird there i met the original big bird carol spinney but i didn't know it was him until later because obviously he's like in his 80s now he's in a wheelchair and everything getting pushed around i i held the door open for an elderly uh lady and her husband little did i know later on the floor when someone pointed out it's like hey that's carol spinney the original big bird and oscar the grouch and i'm like fuck off i held the door for him <laughs> that was big i met big bird and his boy seriously little little toddler version of me is losing his goddamn mind now i met big bird and didn't know damn but yeah so that's the show everyone that's the show no topping that you you have anything to promote matt anything you want to tell the peoples about uh not at the moment i'm just getting ready to uh get all my reviews out uh all my backlog of reviews i did mention on on twitter a couple of days ago that i i am considering streaming i'm I'm considering streaming the 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 remasters of the the arkham knight games nice um so uh yeah yeah i actually i just bought them all and installed them all so i'm eager to get into them so i was wondering what if, if anyone wanted uh 
see me do that and some people did and some people didn't and yeah <laughs> I, I, I would drop by for a minute i gotta i i got like the guardians of the galaxy telltale thing i've keep been meaning to like either oh, record yeah. and put up on the channel or stream or something i got it i'm i'm bad at streaming i don't have a schedule i just do it whenever i no, feel like yeah it. I'm, yeah <laughs> I, I stay up all night reading comics and editing videos and rendering shit and i sleep all day and like by the time i'm ready to stream something it's like midnight one in the morning eastern standard time and i'm like no one's gonna be up to watch this <laughs> and then it's like i've talked into a mic all day do i want to keep talking into a mic and play video games <laughs> That's that's why like when I've been playing Red Dead Online to get those new missions in and like sometimes people like their mics are on and you can just hear them. Yeah. And I'm just sitting in dead silence and I'm like, no, video game is quiet time. <laughs> I didn't come here to talk. I came here to shoot things. <laughs> I need to buy a new hat. Nothing will stop me from buying a fancy new hat. <laughs> I take this very seriously. <laughs> Uh, all right everyone i'm getting delirious here thank you so much for listening and matt and i will be back again next week promise bye all right bye-bye